What's up, everybody? You are listening to Scribe Book School, where we teach you everything you need to know about how to write, publish, and market your book. I'm Charlie Hone. I'm an author myself, and I've helped a lot of authors with the marketing of their books, including my co-host, Tucker Max. Tucker has written several number one New York Times bestsellers, and he's also the co-founder of Scribe, which has helped over 1,500 authors write, publish, and market their books. This episode is all about your book audience. Tucker is going to break down who your book is for and why they will care. Here we go. Next one, book audience. So what's a book with no audience called? Called The Diary, <laughs> right? There's nothing wrong with a diary. Diaries are great. Journaling's fantastic. You don't need to publish diaries or journals, right? None of you are Anne Frank. Uh, uh, none of you need to, need to do that. If you're gonna write a book, you need to actually understand this is for an audience and then really engage and know who your audience is. What that means is, so there's a couple things it means, but let me go over the, actually the mistakes that authors make first. When you're defining your audience, most authors wanna go broad instead of niche, that's a mistake. Why? Because the riches are in the niches. The more niche you make your audience, the better. I mean, look, all these great authors all started in niches. Malcolm Gladwell started as a science writer. Um, Michael Lewis started covering finance, New Wall Street finance only. Uh, Seth Godin was writing about direct marketing long before that was cool. Tim Ferriss started a niche that didn't exist, lifestyle design or whatever, I mean, 15 years ago. These guys all started in niches, right? So why, this is, does anyone not understand why niche is better? Okay, so niche is better, again, this is in the reading too. Niche is better because you, can, you know exactly who your audience is, you know exactly where to find them, you know exactly what they want. Right? There's no such thing as a book that appeals to women. Like, that's almost insulting to say, oh yeah, every woman cares about this. No. Pregnancy, childbirth, no, that's just a lot of women. Uh, whatever, name any topic that women care about, you're gonna find a lot of women don't really care that much about it, right? Women as a group tell you nothing, just like men as a group tell you almost nothing. But once you, nail, you narrow down, you say women 25 to 29 who live in coastal cities who are uh, uh, doing great at their career but having problems dating, okay, now that's a niche. Now you can start talking to those people uh, in a certain way because you know who they are. Make sense? All right, cool. Second mistake, they don't know why their audience is gonna care. Like that's a big, big one that authors, uh, most of you are not in that boat, but a lot of authors will come in, they'll have a great book idea, but they don't, have, they don't know, like they can't tell you why their audience is gonna care. I'm gonna tell you, this is gonna be one of those hard things I'm gonna tell you in this workshop. Your audience doesn't care about your book. They don't. They only care about what your book gets them. Right, I'm gonna say this again and again and again. It's gonna get annoying how much I'm gonna say this, but it is important because you've got to put yourself in your reader's mindset to write the best possible book, right? If you don't know why your audience is gonna care about your book, they're not gonna care. I can absolutely promise you, unequivocally, they will not care. Does all make sense? All right, good. All right, so on your sheet, we're gonna start out with the primary audience. What I want you to do is define your primary audience. So this is generally how we talk about primary audience. It's a micro-tribe. It is a small group of people that would probably identify together in some way. Roughly 10 or 1,000 to 10,000, that's just a super rough estimate. We've had 
primary audiences in the millions in here that actually made sense. Um, so just, uh, just understand it's a small group though, uh, if you can make it. These are generally people who are gonna be excited about your ideas and who are gonna implement your ideas and share your ideas with their peers, right? And it's, it's basically the people who have to know about your book in order for it to reach its, its objectives, right? So let me give some examples. Good ones, chiropractors who own their own practices looking for better ways to market their business. Pretty tight niche, that. Accredited investors, uh, which is actually a legal definition of, of uh, a, a investor with a certain amount of wealth, uh, looking for how to in, uh, get into wine as an investment. Pretty small group. Women executives, age 30 to 45, who want to have kids but don't want to compromise their career. That's, that's a, actually a pretty big group, but it's tight enough in terms of their, their, um, their thought patterns and the way they define themselves that you can speak to all of them, most all of them together. Make sense? Okay, let's get some bad ones. Women 20 to 70, suffering that want to feel better. No, <laughs> that's, not, that's, not a, that's not an audience. Uh, because, I mean, th think about it, like, well, who that describes 80% of women, it's 90% of women, probably. Actually, it describes all people. What humans aren't suffering? That's the default human condition. Any executive who wants to be a better leader. I mean, come on. Young men and women looking for something more in life. These are not groups you can talk to. These are amorphous blobs that are so broad as to be almost uh, undefinable. Make sense? Okay, cool. Do that now. Okay, good, you've all got good primary audiences. Let's go to secondary audience. This can be a larger group, 10,000 to millions plus. It's the people that if you did reach would be fuel to the fire, not essential to success, okay? So good examples are, these are gonna be tracking to the, the, the ones before. Any medical practice owner who's looking for a better way to market their business, like chiropractors are a subset here, medical practice would be larger up there. Makes sense, right? Or for the investing one, high net worth individuals looking for a way to diversify investments, makes sense. Want to invest in wine, want to diversify, right? Um, any woman who wants to have kids in a career. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like uh, some of the secondary, usually the primary is contained in the secondary. Sometimes they're different groups that are related in some way. Either one works. Bad examples, women who want to feel better, anyone who wants to be a better leader, anyone who wants something more in life, too much. It doesn't mean anything, it's too broad. All right, go ahead, do that now. All right, so now we're going to describe a typical person in your primary audience. All right, this is your avatar, that's what we call it. Who are they? So, I'm gonna give you an example. This is also in your workbook. You can turn and read along with me if you want. This is really good. I would really pay attention to this. It's gonna help you. So who's your ideal reader? So uh, this, is, uh, this was written by a, a woman, Paige. Uh, she was in the Guided Author a few months ago. Um, she wrote that when she, you know, as we've done already, we read all the stuff aloud, we all critique it, right? She, when she read this aloud, I was like, oh, it's the best avatar I've ever heard. Since then, we've had people, I think, do ones that are maybe even better, but this one is just my favorite because it's so good. Um, let me, uh, I'm gonna read this out loud just because I want you guys to hear this as you're about to embark on, on uh, on writing your avatar. Jenny works as a consultant in her independent business. In between taking care of her children, she's taking care of her clients. She stays up late at night to make sure the work gets done, waking up exhausted each morning and can't seem to increase her income no matter what she does. She feels like the only one holding her family together. She feels guilty because she loves her business and she loves her children and her husband, but she doesn't have enough time for them all and feels like she can't get balanced, much less ahead. She's exhausted, frustrated, resentful, 
angry, and she feels guilty because she can't be present with her children and her family, although that's why she started her business to begin with. You know who that woman is, right? Like, that's a gut punch. So then, so we're going to go over all three parts of the avatar now, and then, then you're going to go read it. So that, that's kind of who this woman is, right? Now let's talk about the pain that she's experiencing because she hasn't read the book. Nothing's working. She's frustrated, she's tired, she's in the worst shape of her life, and she avoids looking in the mirror and wears bigger clothes to avoid seeing this fact. Her marriage is crumbling, she hasn't had sex in months, she feels unsupported, unseen, and unloved. Her children are acting out at school and home, which only adds to her physical toll and frustration and fear. She feels like she's completely failing everyone around her, and they're failing her. She's afraid to try something different because she's afraid of people not understanding, judging and abandoning her, leaving her feeling more alone than she already does now. This is so good, right? Like you can totally get that. Now we're gonna talk about benefit. What's the benefit the person's gonna get from the book? Like they read the book, they implement it. What happens? What change occurs in their life? Jenny receives a toolkit to overcome her fears, frustration, guilt, shame, and anger. She understands who she is, which gets her self-awareness, self-acceptance, and the love of self. She understands how crucial her happiness is to the happiness of everyone around her and how her suffering contributes to the suffering of those around her. She understands how to make herself the priority, how to take care of herself physically, and why having amazing sex and allowing herself to be supported actually strengthens her relationships. Most importantly, she realizes suffering does not equal love. She will also understand her children and husband. She'll love and accept them for who they are, not who she thinks they should be, and which releases her from the tyranny of expectation. This allows her to build a partnership with her children and husband and release herself from the pressure of parenting, which is true freedom as a mother. Like, how fucking good is that? Like, you know who this woman is. You know exactly the pain she's in. I can, God, I can almost smell her. It's the weirdest thing. This is so good. Every single one of you know this person for your book, right? Now, there are two more examples in your workbook. Let's take five minutes. I want you to read those. Then I want you to start writing. And it, here's, here's what I would recommend. I'd recommend you uh, come up with a name for this person. It can be a real person or not. First name is fine. Or it can be a composite of people. Or for some people, they like to do who they were. That's the reason uh, Paige nailed Jenny or whoever, because that's her basically, right? So right from that pain, these, the people you coach, the people you serve, the person you used to be, get in that mindset. Who is that person? What pain are they in? What change are you gonna, is your book gonna create in their life? Do it now. That does it for this episode. I hope it was helpful and thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Scribe Book School wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast. We're on them all. We'll see you next time.